Welcome to the podcast again. This is Steve Bubner, joined by uh, Brandon Toombs, Chris Payne, and Luke Marson. Hi, guys. Hello. And, uh, hey, Steve. We're bridging three continents with this podcast, so that's it's a little crazy, but we're making it work. So the reason for this podcast is Brandon had a great blog that came out last week about um, you know principles for core hybrid SAP success factors projects implementations landscapes however you want to call it and and we all joined in and we have some great perspectives too I think and and it generated a lot of discussion it was starting to and so I think Chris you're the one who said hmm maybe this is a podcast and so yeah, yeah I think it is a podcast. Like that's, that's there's only so many tweets that you can put together, you know, one after another. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I yeah. think there is, there's a lot to discuss here. There is, you know, because it's so popular, right? And it's getting a lot of attention. And there are so many questions around core hybrid versus employee central payroll versus maybe other approaches you can take. Um, and there's also, you know, these are two very different systems. And when you try to, to marry two different systems together, it's challenging, and um, so that's what we want to talk about. I'm not going to steal all of the uh, upcoming points right now and take them all to myself. Um, but so, Brandon, I'm going to uh, hand it off to you. Sort of explain for people who may not have read the blog. We uh, now have a link to the blog in the podcast notes. But sort of just give us an overview of, of where you're coming from with this. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, so I'll say at the outset, I'm coming in pretty hot on this one. Um, you know, I, I put I use the word rant inside the blog, and I think that's uh, probably apropos. Um, yeah. Let me first, before we even launch into the subject of the blog, let me, let's just define the term again uh, on what core hybrid is. Um, I, you know, it, to me, it's not the greatest uh, uh, jargon in the world, but then again, I can't come up with a better one. So you know, I, it's fine and. Uh, yeah. The one thing I don't want success factors to do is to rename it because, of course, that's what that's what SAP does is every six months they've got to rename it's stuff. Time to rename oh, it. you that have is... cursed us now, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. I'll, so I'll I'll keep that. I forget I uh, I put that out in the inter, uh, universe. Okay. So anyway, so the. Uh, the subject of my blog is um, the mentality around what core hybrid is. Okay, so anyway, core hybrid. Um, core hybrid is the idea of marrying your existing SAP HR environment, including and most importantly, including payroll and including uh, potentially your your time management um, that exists today. Um, and they existed today in a way that just uh, employee central proper the or success factors, true cloud cannot recreate today. So uh, SAP in its wisdom said, let's build out a bridge so that these two systems can talk to one another in the interim period until such time as we have a true cloud payroll. Um, and of course, that's a, the whole discussion about when we're gonna get that is a completely different subject that we're, we're going to uh, try to muzzle Steve so he doesn't bring up right now. Um, uh, but, uh, best what, what's that? I'll be on my best behavior. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Do your best. Anyway. So for the, but for core hybrid, what SAP did, the, um, back when, uh, employee central was announced as the go forward strategy, uh, you know, years ago, they also were very, very gentle with how they communicated this to everyone. Said, okay, well, you, but you can keep your existing payroll and you can keep your existing HR system in place. So no worries about that. And 
Um, no, I understand that at the time. Okay, we, we don't want to sound like we're too disruptive. Um, but what's happened and what's evolved since then is that that mentality has taken hold to where the idea is that SAP HR is sacrosanct, that we are not going to change SAP HR under any circumstances. And when we're doing these core hybrid implementations, um, what we end up doing is we talk to the businesses and you know the communication from SAP has always been, well, we're just not gonna touch uh, SAP HR. And, and what ends up happening then is we end up uh, adjusting Employee Central uh, to match what SAP HR expects it to do versus what does uh, what do we need uh, in Employee Central for Employee Central sake? And so, yeah. if one of those two has to give, then the way that everything is communicated right now is that it has to be Employee Central that that uh, needs to change. And what I'm here to tell you is that is a very short. That's uh, a past focused. Uh, way of looking at things. What we need, the mm -hmm. question we need to be asking is not what does SAP HR need. Uh, although, of course, we don't want to completely disrupt payroll, and we'll and we're going to get into the guts of that. And that's what and that's what Chris is wanting to come in here to help us talk about um, is how can we marry these two. But the the bottom line thing that needs to get communicated to customers is that at the end of this process, we need to have an employee central system that is not hamstrung from moving into the future. Because what ends up happening now is that we end up uh, doing little workarounds and, you know, bastardizations. I hope I can say that on, on this podcast. Um, oh, if you're in Australia, you can say far worse. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll change the, I'll change it to explicit content when I, all right. Microsoft yes. so, uh, yeah, out. X-rated. Um, but what ends up happening is we, we end up hamstringing uh, Employee Central and prevent yeah. it from being able to do some of the things that it would otherwise be able to do. For example, um, there is some great functionality within SuccessFactors Employee Central that allows you to uh, change your manager on the employee side, and then it will update the position side on the fly uh, automatically with no inter intervention, no CPI, no nothing. It will just automatically do that. But if you try to recreate the way that SAP HR does org management inside of, uh, of success factors employee central, then you're cutting yourself off from that. And okay. that, and that's the, that's Whilst an you're having your brand, Brandon. But, on, and, and, go ahead. <laughs> there, there are, there are, I think this is, this is a cool, a core thing that I picked up is that there is definitely these two different models and, um, there is the position to position reporting structure, which right. success factors is using. And then there is generally what is the, the chief org unit chief reporting structure, which is what I think became best practice in SAP HR um, right. solutions. Yeah. yeah and, and, and just to stop could, there, like what, what you were just saying became the, the, the best practice. However, there is a completely other valid way of doing it inside of yes. SAPHR. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it, totally. You can absolutely use the position to position based reporting in yes. standard SAPHR. And and this is the, the crazy thing. And and I don't know about you, but I've come across customers where the, the brief has been, as you say, don't touch the uh, the payroll system. 
and don't mess with my reporting structures. In other words, when you're in a car, when you're a core hybrid, nothing in SAP HR can change. Well, they're pretty much, but, yeah. but you, we have this argument, just like you said, there is mm -hmm. a standard for this standard functionality. And if you look at all of the standard SAP standard code that resolves who a person's manager is, it will actually look in both, both directions. It will look at the org unit manager path, and it will also look to see if there's a position to position reporting path. So it actually work if you change to position to position. The problem mm -hmm. is that organizations have written so much custom code yep. in their SAP on-premise systems, and they've gone, why would I resolve both? I'm only using the one. I'm using exactly. the org unit manager one. So they've right. written, right. so they have this huge technical debt that is sat there on their on-premise solutions. And we, we asked one customer, you know, could we potentially just change their reporting structure in their on-premise SAP solution to use a position to position because that's standard, you know, that would be great. And the response back is million dollars worth of rewrites in in the went, you are yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Said, oh, it's never that much. We don't have the budgets to find out whether we're crazy or not. So yeah. you are yeah. just going to make it work, damn you. And I was like, ugh. Well, and that's a, that's really unfortunate because, and I think it comes back to mentality, Brandon, that you were talking about. Because I think my 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 belief is that core hybrid is a transition strategy. It's not the end point, right? You are not meant to stay in this core hybrid uh, state for a long time. It should be a transition strategy from your old on-prem installed base to the cloud installed base oh, or wherever you're going, right? It's it's a transition. So yeah. um, you know, you don't want to sort of hold back your your EC cloud, your success factors cloud, uh, all of that with your technical debt. And it's it's a it's a huge issue. But um like you said, Chris, you know, when when you bring up this change, people say, well, gosh, we we don't even know all the different places where we're looking for chief, right? So how yeah. could we how could we would possibly make that change? And and to take that even a step further, and this is the part that I think SAP needs to lead on. Um, not only, of course, there's going to be problems with customers uh, having you know taking some shortcuts uh, and using the A12 just automatic the chief position relationship, uh, kind of hard coding that into things. We can absolutely we're going to have to deal with that absolutely but mm -hmm. the other problem that i have is that i the if you look through the documentation uh, on core hybrid most of the documentation you'll see well the success factors does it this one way which is position to position um but if you want to try to do it the other way here are some steps that you can take in order to do it the other way and mm -hmm. to go even further the uh, SAP, because I went through this just now, uh, just recently with a customer, yeah. SAP um, won't even tell you, I'm not even talking about the custom stuff, they won't even tell you the standard places that you're going to need to change, because there are places uh, that where SAP needs to change the way that, they're, that the SAP HR works, so that it will work automatically with the position to position, because, uh, for example, we ran into problems with, with the CATs. 
uh, cross-application timesheet where the time administrator, um, it was looking for a 12, or I, I, and I may not be saying that exactly right. So um, uh, apologies if I, if I got that a little bit wrong. <laughs> I, trust me when I tell you that the this customer went through this process and could not get it to work with the with A002. And so where this is where I want uh, SAP to start uh, uh, eating their own dog food and going through the process and, and, and making sure that they have a end-to-end -end solution. If you're going to expect your customers to use Core Hybrid, make sure and, and include the documentation on where the changes need to take place because that's where it's just galling that SAP will, will, uh, will implement these uh, solutions but won't uh, do an edict to their own products, to their own integrations to make sure that they're using the go-forward strategy for this. That's where I... That's yeah. where obviously you can tell I'm getting worked up about this, but it's really I, where the frustration. Tell you're getting worked up about yeah. this. You know what? I think it's beautiful. They may not know. Yes. They may not know all those places either, Brandon. Well, but like, okay, know. and that's the that's where it's really frustrating because you're saying yeah. you're going to your customers and your basic, and this is where my customers like, what am I supposed to do here? Um, mm -hmm. Because yeah. you're going to your customer and saying we can't figure it out, but why don't you figure it out for yourself? Uh, so SAP and all yeah. of its might can't figure out where their integrations are that that need to be adjusted. But you're expecting you're basically you're expecting customers to do your work for you. All right. Yeah. Like so, I, I Ren, I, I completely appreciate this. I have actually spent a long time one particular customer where we built an integration, which so we we adapted the standard integration that brings down the position information and the the org information and adapted it so that what was maintained in success factors was the position to position based relationships mm -hmm. we didn't maintain any special relationships against the um, org unit but what got replicated to sap was the org unit manager relationships mm -hmm. now, trust me it is was hard there are exits all over the shop in the standard replication to make me to, to do this mm -hmm. um, but it works the problem is that i have now put a constraint on the way that people can maintain the data inside of success factors mm -hmm. it's it is just position to position but you've got to make sure that like the org unit that a given position in is right Right. You know, so if, if this person is in this org unit, they must, the person, if there's a person reporting to them, they must yeah. either be in the same org unit or if they're the manager, they must be in the org unit, which, and there's nothing inside of success factors standard that will enable you to check and, and, and see if that is actually the case. Yeah. Right. So we've actually You're had to exactly write, right. you know, yeah. BTP code, which does their position management for them. So they, when we create a new position, we don't use the standard success factors position management tooling. We use a BTP app, which does all of those checks and make sure it works oh. so that it can actually replicate. Now, that's, that's quite a complex yeah. way to solve the problem. But that's for that customer, it was like that is was simpler than trying to adopt a position to position structure inside of their existing ERP solution, and it wasn't just yeah. HR that was relying on it. It was, the, you know, their finance solutions and logistics and all of that were using Correct. Yeah. things. So, so I can kind of see where they're coming from. But damn it, wouldn't it be nice if there was like some way that we could just go? There's got to be someone where we it's doable. So could 
could success factors, could SAP come to the table and help us try and do that for more customers? Great. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's a tough one though, Chris, right? I mean, what's the cost of changing versus the, versus the cost of adapting your integrations to keep the old stuff in place? And yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough when you look at that because change does cost, but then I'm avoiding a lot of future issues too, if I just change now. The problem yeah, is, is that, you know, not every company can change everything all at once. And so it, well, and again, it comes back to this as a transition. It's not your end it's is totally that it's like mm -hmm. and this i'm gonna throw out an idea that i've had because yeah. i was reading brandon's blog and and i want you guys to shoot me down because this is completely non-standard and it doesn't align with the um the implementation design principle guidelines and stuff so um the org units in success factors we've got this this concept where there's the top two levels which are used for filters all over the shop Yep. So those are the top two levels, yeah? And then you've got the third level, org unit, which then just loops back on itself iteratively, yeah? In the Typically, standard design, yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's probably the, what, the most common implementation. That's yes. the standard practice, right? And I believe that's actually listed in the implementation design principle as, as best practice um, solution. Yes. What I often do <laughs> where I've got these core hybrid systems is actually create a whole bunch of custom objects underneath mm. the main object uh, underneath that so that you there is like there's org level one two three four five six seven eight or as far as the org level in that company goes down have the relationships all the way up you can model them they go they sit beautifully inside of the the org solution and it gives a really nice reporting view so when you look at a position it's got all of the levels maintained and so mm -hmm. if you want to report on a given structure of the organization it's a really easy thing to do mm -hmm. um, rather than you know if you ever end up in that iterative thing trying to report on on a structure is difficult inside of success mm -hmm. factors um but it's custom it's not standard and my worry is that i'm going to that success factors is going to come up with some <laughs> fantastic tool and any yeah. customer that's implemented that solution is not going to be able to use it. I mean, yeah, what do you guys yeah. think about the, those kind of balances that you, you're making? Well, there's... why customers got into customizing SAP in the first place, right? Was to do those sort of things that the system doesn't do so well. Mm -hmm. um, so that's all, that's always a challenge that something becomes standard later and what you've done potentially could break it. Hopefully it won't. Yeah. For your sake, hopefully not. I hope not. Cross your fingers. Yeah. I mean, I've been burned before doing stuff like that where, you know, a customer wanted something and, you know, SAP had like the 90% solution, but they wanted, really wanted the 100% solution, really pushed yeah. for it. And I've regretted it because then it puts them on a non standard path and SAP goes and they either eventually they solve that extra 10%. But the customer right now is locked into this custom solution I did for them. And mm -hmm. now it's like, well, we could transition to the standard one, but we're not gaining anything except being standard. It's like, eh, yeah, but. And, and, it's, and it's, then it's finally, you know, six years down the track when Opportunity Marketplace comes up and yep. that piece of information that oh. you created a custom portlet for no 
you can't get it to appear on the opportunity marketplace flag or something and you go damn it now there's a yeah. reason to migrate to the standard but well i think some of this though is expectations right so when, when we do these sorts of things the expectation is that we're doing this to solve a need you have right now um this may not be the best solution in the future and at some point you should plan on getting back into the standard system when that works for you. Um, yeah. Customers might forget that, but if you plant that seed, maybe that will make a difference. And, and that's what I always try to do whenever I go off and do these weird sorts of things, which um, I tend to give a lot of those because I've got the skill set to do it. And it's, you know, I always put those disclaimers out there because I've, I've been burned on it before. Yeah. I think, I think it's a healthy thing, and it even goes down to the point that we're talking about this, the whole core hybrid, is you implement these solutions with a view that you're doing the best way that you can get it to work right now. You're, you're solving yeah. the business problem, because if you don't solve the business problem, you know, why, why are we here? You know, that's, what here for. That, that's, yeah. that's what we're supposed to be doing, yeah? But you say, with a review look to see what's happening you are buying yeah. a solution which gets new functionality every six months that's part right. of the deal yeah this is this is the joy of going to the cloud you get new yeah. functionality we don't have to stick with this you know what we bought five years ten years ago is the same horrible thing that we're using today it's like no it gets nicer it gets prettier we get pronouns now you know? <laughs> Yeah, but I messed up the way that I used it. So now I'm locked into this custom thing because I created five different custom fields for pronouns and gender. Because I yep. am a global customer and Brazil needs one thing and Canada needs something different. So now what? <laughs> well, now it's all standard. Okay, well, transition back to that. Okay, for what? Why? I know. I think I think and, and, and a lot of this is expectations. I think that is a really difficult difficult point. How you go, okay, I can transition back to the standard, but the standard is now just doing what I created this custom thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's not giving me any extra value, but I'm going back to it. Is that worthwhile? Like, yeah. I mean, in the, you know, IT coding, you'd say that's a technical debt that you're removing from your system. So it mm -hmm. does make sense, but ROI is what drives most of the, you know, the, the work that I get yeah. and and I have plenty of other things to do that are higher, like really hard higher things ROI. Yeah. 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 I, so the main, the main concern I have, I mean, I understand, you know, like when you're talking, Chris, about, uh, you've got, you have a customer that, um, that has a very specific way that they are doing their org structure where they're doing org one org two org three that, you know, that's not even standard in SAP today. Um, you know, and so if you have something like that, where you need to do something specific, yeah, I mean, that, that's one good thing about employee central is yes, you can do those types of things. And, and that is, a, that's an actually a, a plus of employee central is it can handle some of that modeling, maybe even better than the way SAP HR, uh, does my my concern is not you know if you have something uh, unique and custom that you need to do my concern is that uh, SAP does not uh, and success factors does not do a, a good job of articulating what the product does today and the trade-offs if you try to make it uh, work mm -hmm. like SAP HR that's my concern is yeah. that it does not um, 
uh, I, I, you know, I've been beating the drum about my favorite thing in Employee Central is the fact that you can automatically synchronize changes from the employee back to the position. That's that's something that does not really get uh, any publicity um, outside of you know a few places here and there. Um, and I feel like that that's really the problem is that if Employee Central um, proponents and documentation and IDPs and help documentation did a better job of saying, here is what uh, you're going to be giving up by doing it this other way, um, then I think it would do a, uh, a customers a, a, a much better service so that they would understand it um, versus the way it is. All the documentation today uh, is just written as well, if you want to do it this other way, here's the way to uh, adjust success factors to meet that other way that I want to do it. And that's my, that's my concern. I think this is, this is something that happens across every time I do anything with SAP. And I, like, I, so I, I'm, I joined the, uh, the IAS IPS uh, weekly office hours on the Australian time zone. So you guys would never join. Yep. Um, and but it's also I think the, the European time zone early in the morning for them, and um, and and we'll have a discussion, and someone will ask, well, what should I do? And then they go, Chris, because I can be opinionated because <laughs> I'm not I'm not from SAP. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, yeah. And and I and you know I can say I can I have this strong opinion that you should go this way and not that way, and there's the reasons yeah. why you should do that. But I, I feel that the guys from SAP are, are sort of like encouraged not to be opinionated, to yeah. to say that there are multiple ways. And, and if you want to, yeah. you can do it this way. And yes. you can do it that way. And yes. I think this, this comes down to how to put the marketing versus the reality, right? A lot of the messaging from SAP has always been to try to, they're trying to, they try to please everybody and not take a particular firm stance because they don't want to be seen. God. Did you just scare him off? Like... Yeah, I did. He's already had enough. My dog was barking. I was trying to keep that from making the podcast. Sorry. Better. Um, <laughs> SAP like to appeal to everybody. They're trying to be everything yeah. to everybody a lot of the times, um, particularly because in HR, it's very competitive landscape out there and possibly something they could say and a stance they could make could be used against them in a sales cycle mm -hmm. against yeah. uh, mm -hmm. uh you know workday in particular maybe oracle and i think also you know there's been some mixed messaging in the past particularly around uh, originally they were they was sap used to make out that a move from sap hcm to employee center was a migration which is the actually the opposite of what it is apart from yeah. migrating data it's a total transformation, and I think Steve, you've got a good point about uh, about this. Um, yeah, I mean, it should be a, a transformation, right? I mean, it's just—I mean, why why are you doing this? I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if you're just doing it to eliminate eliminate your on-prem system, then that's one thing. But I think if you're going to go spend this amount of money and this amount of effort, you should be transforming how you do things because you don't get these opportunities every uh, day. And that's the point. You, well, point you made made earlier, Steve, was that um, transformation costs money, and yeah, when trying to sell software, you want the ROI, you want the you want the uh, the TCO and the implementation cost to be as low as possible, and the ROI as uh, as high as possible, right? So you don't really mm -hmm. want to push that message too hard and scare off your 
prospect to an, to another competitor says, oh no, it's super cheap if you do it with us. Yeah, yeah. And and I think competitors probably will have the same issue eventually, right? I mean, it's it's software. And it's we're, what we're really talking about here are competing data models and process models. And anytime you try to stitch two systems together tightly, like we're trying to do between on-prem and success factors, you're trying to stitch together different data models and different processes. And that's challenging in the best world. And, yeah. you know, I mean, to SAP's credit, they, they, they've given us a lot of tools to do it and a lot of packaged uh, sort of integrations to start with. But, you know, it's particularly when you get to the types of customers I tend to work with, which are large global companies, nothing's easy, nothing's easy. And yeah, and it does cost money, Luke, like you said, and, and for, uh, uh, uh an implementation consultant to come in and say, you know, it's going to be 5 million for you because, you know, this is what you're asking for uh, because you really wanted to transform your business and blah, blah, blah. And someone else comes in and says, well, it's 30% less because um, I can, you know, I can just migrate what you have, right? Um, you can make EC do exactly the same thing yeah. as your on-prem system does exactly exactly you and basically it, turn ec into a satellite in, like an add-on of uh, yeah. saphr if you, you don't watch yourself well the way i communicate it though is that you know employee central success factors will become your system of record and the system of record needs to drive everything and for it to drive everything it means that things in its orbit will have to adjust and and I think, Chris, you started out talking about, well, we can't change payroll, right? Can't touch payroll. A lot of that comes from the payroll department, right? Because payroll's not going to be migrating and they're resentful that they have to participate and spend time on it. So it's like, okay, I'll play along, but I'm not going to do anything. Well, you know, that's not the right attitude. And I think that when you're looking at these implementations, you need to cultivate those other departments like payroll and maybe training and other people, right, that, that are in this orbit and prepare them for the change. And if they do change, it'll be better for them, I believe, right? Because the more complexity we have in these integrations and trying to stitch these systems together, the more likely it is to break. I mean, complex things break more often than simple things. That's just true, right? It's, it's always true. So the more you can simplify these integrations, the, the more reliable they're gonna be. And payroll is all about reliability right from one pay period to the next it is possible to change payroll gosh i've done it so many times i mean you you want to change your organization model okay we can do that it might take some effort but it is doable you can do it and uh, we do it all the time when we go live and we do it when we have um acquisitions right so it can be done um but you kind of set the expectation and it's like luke like you were saying a lot of times, you know, I think some uh, RFP responses, people are afraid to set that expectation. It takes us down a bad path. And then there's, there's <laughs> other things like, you know, every SAP account executive wants to sell, sell payroll. And you talked about the moving from SAP payroll to EC payroll. And yeah, we shouldn't go in that today, given uh, what broad <laughs> topic that is. But, you know, there's a next-gen payroll, right? It's it's kind of out there now because I saw on Success Connect, it's on it's in a it's in a in a video on the website. I mean, you still need an SMS. yeah, it's it's official, yeah. But it's official. There's a next-gen payroll now, so I guess we can talk about it. Um, 
And yeah, there's always that balance with SAP about trying to get their customers to move on to the kind of new technology, but then they've got the new, new technology that's coming. And so that in itself pauses mm -hmm. sales and um, customer, I don't think customers want to move off a, 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 a system that works to one where it's almost certainly going to work, but it's going to cost money for very low ROI when there's now this maybe new advanced payroll coming that has all these other features we've never really seen before in payroll. It's mm -hmm. only going to be a few years down the line. That 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 muddies the water a little bit as well. Uh, I think with the customers. It certainly does. When they're trying to make these type of decisions, and you know, as you said, nobody wants us to try. No one wants to try and fix what isn't broke. And when payroll works, right. it's the ultimate system of engagement, right? And you know, I, I tell people too, you you don't want to be the first big payroll customer on the on the beta version or even the the first generally available version. I mean, I was there. I did that in the '90s, right? I was <laughs> I took some of the first clients live on SAP R3 payroll. It was painful, right? It was painful and it got better and better because SAP, they keep making the products better and, and it will become better. But if you're going to be the first, then be prepared to be the first. That's my advice. Uh, one thing I would say, um, on, so we're, we're a few minutes into this podcast now and, and just to say something really hopefully positive about the core hybrid is I actually think it's a really great model. And they, they have done a lot of work in order to make Employee Central uh, speak with SAP HR. Um, they're, and, and they just recently announced that they are, for S4, they're going to uh, enhance it further so that if you are, once you upgrade to uh, S4, there, there's, there are new plugins and new uh, concepts and code being uh, developed that supposedly you can migrate your existing, you know, if you are already core hybrid and you upgrade to S4, you can uh, update to the new uh, uh, replication process, not that uh, without much difficulty. Of course, uh, you know, the devil's in the details on that, but regardless, yeah. I think what I, I think it, what's really clear, if you look at, uh, uh, if you look at the code and you, and you look at how much work SAP has put in on this, the replication process itself is really nice and it does oh, a great job. If you need, if, and if you need extra fields in Employee Central in order to support something in SAP HR, uh, it will handle that really well. And mm -hmm. there's mapping uh, with this business integration, integration builder BIB that works really well. Um, all yeah. of that works. Um, and, and so, I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here uh, because there is a lot of really positive things that happen with a core hybrid. And, you know, to kind of uh, close, uh, come back to what Luke was just talking about with next gen payroll, I, I feel like that the core hybrid is an excellent bridge to get you to that point to where you're ready to adopt next gen payroll. Because if you use mm -hmm. Employee Central and, and you build it, the way that you want to build it in order to support that next gen payroll uh, in the future, uh, you can you can have your cake and eat it too a little bit by uh, if you build your employee central knowing that that next gen payroll is coming, you can you can build out the uh, replication back to your SAP HR um, and and still be able to support your SAP payroll until that next gen payroll is ready. What you don't want to do is set up your employee central so that it does such a good job 
uh, or it, it supports uh, in a non-disruptive way your SAP HR to where you're basically going to have to really rework things when you finally get to that next generation payroll. So this is really a great stepping stone uh, to start with your core hybrid, get it in, but but do the employee central thinking of the future with that next gen payroll instead of just um, uh, bastardizing it so that it, it does what SAP HR wants it to do today. I think there's a whole bunch of work that you can do there in that space. And I, I definitely go that the replication is fantastic tooling. And I've even heard that there's going to be further enhancements on that so that the data replication monitor will be able to see the organizational structure um, replication That's successes good, yeah. or not. So, which would be amazing to see that come through as well. Um, but, you know, it, it's fantastic tooling that's there. You can use that tooling to get you to the point where you have, you know, a relatively good, you know, a, a, a standard proper EC implementation that you haven't bastardized. And you just do those little things. There may be, yes, there may be a small few changes in your payroll system, but don't be afraid to do them because they're far less yeah. than the changes that you did to to implement the last uh, union agreement or the you know yeah. that's been put through. It, it's it's not that much of a worry um, compared to some of the stuff that we do regularly in the payroll. Yeah, and and I think that's that's where people have got to just go. The the, the whole uh, mentality of don't touch payroll should be don't screw up payroll, not don't yeah. touch it. You know, it's like, <laughs> make sure it still works, but, and it's all working well, but don't think about those, those, that technical debt that you may be incurring upon yourself and your organization so that you can adopt, you can take advantage of these future enhancements that are there. And, you know, and things like, you know, I've, I've certainly seen some of those uh, arguments where people say, well, we've got loads of integrations that are based on our SAP, you know, HR system. So can we just keep, you know, keep all the data inside of, uh, just replicate it all down. And there's mm. stuff which isn't being used for the payroll at all. You know, yeah. it's, it's, but it's still getting pushed down and it's causing problems and it's causing configuration issues in EC so that we can match the data just so that it, can get replicated so that we don't have to replace this integration that yeah. was been there for the last 20 years and no one knows how to maintain anymore so we don't want to touch it sort of thing and i, I think you've got to really think about actually is is that the best way of doing it your success factor system is now your system of record for employee data so if you've got another integration to another system it really should be talking to the success factor system rather than the downstream SAP HR system, which you've just tried to make it do the same thing as it used to do. Yeah, that's a really good See, point. I think yeah. it's I think it's valid to be to do that, Chris, for a while, but don't leave it there, right? I mean, if if, yes. if you have a hundred interfaces, which is not uncommon for some of these big HR systems, and you want to get Employee Central in because there's a, a return on investment there, it, there seriously is. Well, go ahead and do that. Replicate your data down, but then don't leave it there. This is a trans. This is a transition, right? So once you go live, now start picking off those interfaces from your on-prem system, and so that means maybe you you set up a team focused on integrations, and they just start picking off those integrations from the on-prem world and moving them into success factors. You know, that's it. Um, yeah, 
That's a really interesting topic. Obviously, the the big challenge, um, because I've I've faced this on on uh, numerous projects now. You know, the, the but of course, part of the challenge is if you need anything having to do with payroll data in that interface, then it has to stay in SAP HR. So, uh, it it that kind of when it comes to integrations, there's a there's a center of gravity argument there as far as where to do them. But I agree with you, the best approach. Um, and, the, and you really should be trying to do this as part of your implementation, in, in my opinion, is is definitely anything that you can start moving and, and for sure get a, at least a few as part of your uh, implementation. Um, get anything that's just demographic files or anything like that. Let's do it out of Employee Central and use either Integration Center, um, which gives the uh, maybe your business really, users a little bit of a really uh, simple to build yeah, there, like yeah. stupidly mm -hmm. simple. Yeah. Or and also uh, CPI in and of itself, you this gives the if you if you have that more complex integration that can be done out of Employee Central, let's do it out of there with CPI so that uh, if you're a shop that's maybe not as knowledgeable on CPI, you're getting that experience so that you can work on not migrating more and more from your SAP HR system. But that's a yeah. that's a whole other topic. Uh, I'm glad you brought up, Chris, because I, I, I think I, that it I, should be totally. I think giving yeah. giving organizations during an implementation understanding of how to use SAP Integration Suite is a really important thing. Yeah, you know, if yeah. they if if they have to start gaining that knowledge or they're only just doing you know looking at the standard integrations and not actually touch they're using they've got they've bought a subscription to sap integration suite because they want to use the standard integrations but then they're just not gaining the value from that tooling which is like it's really valuable and really good to build some of these things in so uh yes yeah i think we're hitting on a topic that could be a whole nother podcast yeah that's a really good one yeah yeah, but we uh, probably need to wrap this one up. So, gosh, this has been great, guys. the The time has flown for me, but you know, I'm, I'm a I'm a payroll geek. I'm an HR geek, so it, of course it would. So, hopefully, our listeners uh, found some uh, value in this too. If not, maybe a little entertainment. Um, who knows? Um, you know, we'll we'll go for we'll either. on LinkedIn. Yeah, I mean, give us your feedback, <laughs> ideas. Um, you know, if you have any other questions, we'll we'll be glad to handle them there and. Thanks, guys, for this great discussion. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for inviting us, Steve. Yep.